Državljan D. Podcast za aktivne državljane. Uh, welcome everybody. It's the 28th of September, but you're listening to this podcast on the 15th of October 2021. Yeah, 2022 of course. Uh, with us today is Julia Rudina, media consultant in Estonia and also the founder of Tuleviku Media, an NGO focusing on media literacy trainings. Before we begin, uh, we should start this episode by saying uh, I first met uh, Julia or we first met in October 2017 when we were both attending the Internews Exchange program in the US and toured the West Coast for three weeks, focusing on issue of media literacy, media in general, and uh, related topics. Uh, the time was basically Trump was just gearing up his, his term and uh, the ONA, the Online News Association Conference in Washington, you could feel the excitement over the issues of media literacy, fake news, propaganda, algorithmic um, content distribution and other topics. Uh, there was a lot of techno-solutionism. There was a lot of uh, startups with fact-checking software, with fact-checking services that are that were hoping to, to resolve this issue. So uh, my first question to Julia, to you, uh, would be, what do you think was or is the biggest policy change from, from then till now in the fields of combating propaganda in the fields of media literacy and so forth. Uh, hi, uh, thank you for <laughs> having me. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting, especially interesting uh, topic to speak about and reflect on those five years from that conference in uh, 2017, uh, because of course it was the year, especially for the US when people <laughs> thought that, you know, Things can't go any any further and any you know crazier, but unfortunately, the previous five years showed that they can. Mm. And of course, yeah, what changed? We we lived through a pandemic, and probably still living during it. And we now are having uh, a war in Europe. So of course it. It may, it may sound cynical, but it's a good time for propaganda. And all the people who were, you know, probably probably checking and probably just starting and, and you know, flexing the muscles during the US elections, uh, I think during the pandemic, and now they, they are like in full bloom. Mm. Of course, I, I couldn't say that technically a lot of things changed. Of course, you know, propaganda is always going, you know, going with the technical progress, but I wouldn't say anything that I see that anything has, you know, we have any completely new tendencies, but yeah, we mm. have, we just have uh, more, I would say more critical and more tragic topics. Mm. Okay. Uh you, you've also, you know, opened up or moved uh, onto a more current topic. So um, how did the, the Estonian media position themselves when uh, Russia invaded Ukraine? So looking back at Estonian history, at, at your traditional, let's say, resilience towards Russian influence and Russian propaganda, are there or were there some, some proven tactics that, that work in terms of, I don't know, fact-checking, responsible reporting, combating propaganda news, and so forth? 
uh, you know, I would start maybe, so to say, from the beginning, because uh, when Russia invaded Ukraine on the 24th of uh, February this year, it was the, um, the, you know, it was a holiday in Estonia. Uh, it was the day of uh, independence. And, uh, you know, when I think like myself, when we all woke up, it was a, you know, it's a holiday, but you still look at the news because you are waiting for the, you know, for the nice pictures and, and for, um, you know, how, how people are celebrating and waiting for the president to address Estonia. But when, when I saw uh, the news, what's happening in Ukraine, and especially that I have my family from my mother's side in Ukraine, you know, you know the, the world completely shattered. And I think that many of people in Estonia have uh, either family in Ukraine or relatives or friends or know people from Ukraine or somehow, you know, being still part of the former Soviet Union. Uh, of course, it, it, it was a, also a former Soviet Republic. So, so people either have visited. Uh, I think that, you know, of course it was a tragic day, but at the same time, also it may sound, I don't know, cynical, but uh, after that day, uh, many things that were maybe, you know, not so clear or, oh, sorry, I don't want to express my opinion or, you know, there are many opinions and they may be different. Uh, those things have become completely clear because mm -hmm. after the 24th of uh, February, uh, you, you cannot, you know, you cannot uh, say that, oh, sorry, maybe we should listen to this side also. Mm. So, uh, yeah, going to the media topic and mm -hmm. your question, uh, of course, I think even the media was shocked, but journalists are accustomed to acting really fast. And of course, uh, you know, of course, the media was writing and, and uh, uh, was publishing a lot of opinions about the possible invasion of Russia. So maybe, you know, it wasn't so, so, so sudden because of course in, in, uh, in winter, even Estonian experts were saying that maybe it's just a, a matter of time and matter of date. So I think the media was, so to say, ready. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, I mean, uh, of course, Estonia being, you know, having a border with Russian Federation, how can we how can we position ourselves? Of course, the other thing is that um, sure at at the beginning the readers, as well as some of the journalists, probably weren't understanding what's happening. Is it true? What's what's going on? But more and more media from Estonia sent the reporters to Ukraine, and you know we saw with our own eyes with their eyes, what's happening. Mm, I would say that uh, the media in Estonia was, was, you know, like a united front in terms of what's happening and uh, what's going on with Ukraine. And especially, you know, 
I think everybody that morning in February, everybody thought that, okay, we also have a border with Russia. They also have expressed and, you know, did some provoking things over the years. And what if that happened with us? And it's still, it's still a big uh, discussion in Estonia. Just recently, our president, uh, he has expressed, you know, the opinion that even if the Ukrainian war, the war in Ukraine will, will uh, you know, uh, finish very soon, which we hope it will, uh, but uh, we still will be living, we in Estonia will still be living uh, in a Russian threat uh, for years to come. Mm. And comparing, let's say, the, the, the media reporting um, uh, more towards the, the West, so towards the, let's say, the central, <laughs> central European Union, compared to, to the media reporting in, in, in Estonia, uh, did you notice some, let's say, on one side similarities and on the other side some discrepancies? Because in, in let's say, comparing or doing media analysis of, let's say, the, the, the mainstream Western media and maybe the media in, in Slovenia, there was a lot of, obviously, there was a lot of rehashing of news. There was a lot of quotes from, from foreign media, which quoted, you know, other foreign media outlets. So you couldn't really tell what is still what is happening you only got these echoes of media reports was this similar in in estonia or did you have um, as a as a as a country as a as a let's say estonian media industry more first hand experience with with the conflict i would say that probably estonian media really covered all the all the possible information because uh, of course, uh, from from one side, uh, you know, uh, uh, in Estonia we have, uh, if we can say, a big minority of Russian speakers. Uh, a big part of them has also Ukrainian friends or roots, and uh, of course that helped in a way because uh, that helped to you know to cover this Ukrainian language media side. And I, I would say that we, media in Estonia did a great job. And especially after COVID, you know, they were really exhausted of, report, of reporting on that. And they had this critical situation again this year. And uh, I would say that they, they did a really great job because they also covered all the you know all the positions uh, which are expressed in in Central Europe, in in on the European Union level, and so on, and of course, uh, which was very, you know, for not so big countries like ours, it's always uh, important to cover, you know, what's happening around you, with your immediate uh, neighbors. Uh, of course, for us, uh, it was really important what Latvia and Lithuania are going to express and what, what they are going to do. Are they going to close the borders and so on? And how we are going to, uh, you know, to act uh, towards uh, Ukrainian refugees. So I think that, yeah, media did a great job. And uh, 
I think the readers, both Russian speaking, Estonian speaking, English speaking, um, received all the needed information. And, you know, even uh, uh, one of our uh, uh, privately owned media outlets, uh, they I think when they saw that, you know, thousands and thousands of refugees uh, from Ukraine are coming to Estonia, they even opened a Ukrainian language uh, website. Uh, that was really, I would say that was a really bold and, and really great move. So it's still operating. We still have, I think we have more than uh, 50,000 refugees from Ukraine now in Estonia. So, yeah, it's... Mm. It's good that they cover this this uh, audience. Mm-hmm. And and what would you say are some of the reasons the media did its job so well? It's it's hard to say, but uh, firstly, I would I would say that they, you know, that in Estonia we really do have and open media field and, and free media. At the same time, I think uh, it was a good moment for all the journalists to once again understand their mission. That, you know, of course, during COVID, we once again understood the importance of media and uh, spreading the information. But, uh, you know, by February this year, maybe this understanding a bit faded away and everybody was exhausted and so on. But uh, yeah, I think many of the journalists and editors and many of those who I know, whom I know, they, they understood their mission once again, that it's, it's really important that they have power to inform people that they, they, what they do is really important. Of course, uh, another question is that we still we still have uh, people, especially Russian speakers, who are under influence of uh, Russian state propaganda. And although you cannot uh, officially uh, see the uh, Russian state TV channels in Estonia, but of course you can manage to you know to do some technical hmm. uh, technical uh, tricks to see them you still can see something and some propagandists in in youtube so if you if you still want really really want to see that and be in this you know in their field Mm -hmm. of course uh, you can do that some of the people at the same time i see the good tendency that uh, many of the people are shifting to more and more to local Russian speaking channels, especially to TV. And uh, uh, it's great that our state has uh, understood that it's it's really a good time to act. And they have uh, uh, have, gave, have given uh, uh, pretty good grants to the uh, our public bro- broadcasting in Russian language and to uh, three uh, private owned media outlets. Mm-hmm. Help them, you know, to at least temporarily solve the problem of understaffed uh, teams, and you know, to produce more content and more various content. Mm. 
You've you've opened up a lot of <laughs> uh, um, topics with 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 your answer, but uh, let me just uh, start first with with um, let's say shifting the the focus a bit. So we talked uh, um, up until now we talked about the the media outlets, about the journalists. Uh, now I wanna I wanna uh, talk about the the role of of media literacy in 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 that regard. And I, I first would like to to hear your thoughts on the. I'm not going to say the definition of, of media literacy, but but the, the the sole concept and the reasoning behind it. So so why do you? I mean, why do you, do you bother with this topic? And and how is this topic uh, resonating in in the Estonian media landscape? So w- what's media literacy in Estonia? Mm-hmm. Uh, firstly, why I bother? Um, I have been working as a journalist and editor my whole life and although I at the mo- at some moment I understood that maybe I'm a bit overworked in that field but still I couldn't you know I think media is is the field where I belong and I couldn't go too far away from it so it somehow naturally happened uh, in my career that I started to uh, be involved in the media literacy training projects, consulting, and so on. So I feel that you know media literacy it it's 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 much you know it, it's a bigger question not only regarding journalism and understanding you know what newspaper is good, what newspaper is bad, but uh, as I sometimes say to my students that uh, people who understand media in this broader sense, they are really, you know, they are educated in this 21st century understanding of the word education and they, they will be really successful. They won't be, you know, a victim of any digital or media crime, they can't, it can happen that they will be, but they are not so likely to become one. And uh, so, so I think that you know, media covers so many topics uh, in people's lives, and it's so practical, and it's so great to to understand that you know you have this power to use the information uh, in a good way, you know, and not only understand what the journalists in the in your favorite media outlet are writing and why but also being a, you know a, an educated digital citizen mm. uh, can you just to further your your train of thought can you can you highlight some some topics that are that are in your let's say media literacy curriculum as you as you uh, address these issue with uh, issues with your with your students, you also you already mentioned the the fake news, the recogni- the recognition of things that just aren't true. What else? Uh, for example, the journalistic schools for youth that I have been organizing, I think for for almost five years now, uh, they are covering different topics starting from you know how to write an article how to write journalistic texts in different genres uh, to fact checking to video formats to uh, also public speaking networking even uh, to uh, we 
of course, we speak about all the new digital formats, uh, about social media, and also about fact checking in terms of social media. So it covers a lot of topics. From one side, they, you know, they uh, learn by doing. So becoming those uh, young journalists, at least for one week, they learn the skills and then they, then they understand, okay, I'm reading this, uh, uh, this piece uh, on a website. So is, is, it, is it legitimate news? Is it a good interview? Why are they doing that? Or they see, of course, we cover a topic about uh, journalistic ethics and uh, advertising versus journalism. So they, so we hope that they will understand, you know, that there are some commercial interests in this text and so on. So, um, and uh, uh, this autumn I'm trying a new field uh, for me and I'm doing a media literacy project for teachers, for Russian speaking teachers in Estonia. And uh, I will be focusing more on, you know, the journalists and the media you know, uh, the practicing media professionals who have been uh, teaching also to the younger audiences that they will uh, not only speak about their job and, and you know, give some, some advice about the news and the media outlets, but also will uh, give uh, advice how they are teaching the media mm -hmm. literacy. Mm -hmm. So... Okay, and and just one more question in 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 that topic. So so coming from from uh, Slovenia, which was at some point an, an a socialistic uh, country, we had this um, push after the independence to sort of explain to us the 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 democratic media landscape, the different uh, media voices, and and so forth, and and media literacy trainings at at that particular. Uh, time and place. So this was in in the let's say early nineties of the of the previous century. Focused also on the relationship between the media and the and the state. So we had talks about uh, you know the fourth estate. We had talks about uh, watchdog function and so forward. But now, so in in twenty twenty two and and for a couple of years now, I've noticed that that generally media trainings or media literacy trainings shy away from this explanation how the journalism is affecting or how the journalism and let's say the, the, political, um, the political sphere are connected. Do you get the same feeling in, in Estonia or do you emphasize these, let's say, so-called political notes of, of journalism as well? Um, it's a good question. Um... I think probably we we didn't have this issue because the media are really separated from from the state in Estonia, and uh, of course, uh, of course, there you know in every country there can be uh, some political issues between politicians and media because they tend to not not like each other and. Uh, and probably in this case, probably it's it's a good thing if they don't like each other too much. Mm. Um, I would say that, that yeah. Uh, maybe I would add that in my projects, 
when speaking about fact-checking, we usually say that, you know, uh, of course you should, uh, uh, you should choose the, you know, the good official and fact-checked sources, but you should understand that even those sources can have their motives. So, yeah, so maybe I would agree with you that this, uh, in terms of media literacy, sometimes this topic, it, it's not, maybe not the biggest one, which uh, people speak about, but maybe it's a good idea to add it to, mm. to my projects too. <laughs> And, and moving on to onto the digital landscape. So Estonia for, for years, for decades actually, was, was heralded as, as the digital pioneer, not only in e-voting, but also in, in business done online and on other aspects of, of digital, let's say, sphere or economy. And I, I want to ask you, how do you see the, the role of, of, let's say, the tech giants or the big tech in terms of... Um, you know, combating propaganda, fighting or recognizing, labeling, removing fake news and, and playing their part in, in terms of uh, self or co-regulative models in this field. Do you think that, that they are doing enough? Do you think that it's, it's even a question of them doing too little or too much? <laughs> I guess you could say there, you, you can never do too much in this field. But um, so, so what's the what's your let's say vision or what's your uh, what are your thoughts on 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 the matter of big tech media literacy or or media co-regulation and and fighting all of these topics that we've addressed propaganda fake news and so on i would say that if we talk about the level of estonia and estonian media and landscape um i wouldn't say that it's uh, it's an issue that we really uh, often talk about. We usually talk about this, uh, you know, before the elections in terms of, uh, for example, the uh, advertising of political parties and politicians. And uh, of course, journalists fact check, you know, who is financing what and, and so on. And, and because there, you know, because there is a lot of material to, to write about in this topic. But usually, I think that, unfortunately, probably in Estonia, we, we don't speak enough about that. Because uh, I would say that, of course, those big uh, giant platforms, they, they possess this great power. And they unfortunately aren't transparent enough. Although in Estonia, we are uh, commonly uh, you know, used to the state, the media being really transparent. And uh, yeah, I think that maybe, you know, as, as it sometimes uh, works with people that till some big uh, scandal or some big, you know, issue or corruption, uh, you know, case, uh, we tend not to bother with that. Mm. So, so moving forward, what do you see are some, let's say, challenges or um, issues that were brought up by, by, by the Russian invasion of Ukraine, by the pandemic in that regard, because in, in the regard of, of media literacy, of, of media representation, of, of media landscape? We've, we've often 
before the pandemic, before the, the invasion, we often talked about, you know, certain issues in a, in a more theoretical way, right? So fake news is bad because it can potentially lead to some unpleasant situations, to put it mildly. And now we had, you know, okay, we had the Trump election, we had the, uh, we had the pandemic, now we have the, the invasion. And, and these are all concrete evidences of those bad things that are happening, right? People don't know what's going on. People believe complete nonsense. People believe uh, propaganda that is trying to influence, so to say, hearts and minds. So what do you think, if anything, will, will change in, in the perception or, yeah, the, the, the perception of media literacy moving forward? Will there be any change at all or we'll just go back to you know fact check everything don't believe anybody and just yeah do your best i think that uh, this field will be changing because we do not know what will happen you know this autumn this winter uh what tendencies there will be on the political and you know citizen level in europe uh, and the, in the U.S., of course, and what, what will happen uh, uh, with the war in Ukraine. And uh, I think the, you know, the biggest issue for Estonia, because, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, you know, most concerned with, with all, what's happening locally uh, in Estonia, because all my uh, initiatives are also at the moment focused on Estonia and on the Russian speakers here and uh, educating them. And, uh, you know, what's, I would start with, with a good thing that uh, I see that the younger, uh, younger audiences are uh, pretty media literate. Um, even, you know, I talked to uh, to some colleagues uh, the other day, and uh, they did media literacy classes uh, in uh, in the third grade. So these are really small kids, but who are already born basically with the with a smartphone on on their hands. And uh, the colleagues said that they were amazed that you know those kids are already understanding the issues and, and the threats that come with uh, this digital progress and, and with digital media. But at the same time, the bad thing is that the older generations are uh, under influence of uh, Russian uh, state information, misinformation, disinformation, you name it. And uh, that's really a big, not all of them, unfortunately, but but uh, but still, we have to think of something how to, you know, how to not to make them understand what's happening, but how to explain mm -hmm. where this point of view, you know, lies, and and why it's important when you live in Estonia, you plan to continue to live and work and and be here with your family in Estonia why, why it's important to understand uh, this position and the values of Estonia mm -hmm. 
And and before we wrap up, just just one final final question. I always do that. I have a final, and then I have a final final question. So you've already mentioned that that young people, that youth is is more educated in this field, that they're more in tune with with these uh, recognizing these propaganda models and so forth. What would you say is the reason? Because we we often hear this uh, narrative about digital natives, about you know, yeah, young kids or kids being born with a smartphone in in their hands, and the, everybody or there's a there's a um, there's a a part of the public, even in in uh, more let's say expert circles, that they just assume that you know children are smarter in that way in that regard. What would you say is is the reason for that uh, change of uh, level of recognition in in Estonia? Is it historically? Is it you know family? Is it why are why are you why why is Estonian youth so smart in that regard? Um, I hope that uh, it's uh, a combination of uh, good uh, factors, maybe. You know, more and more schools are teaching media literacy. Uh, there is still not, you know, this. Um, there is no, you know, complete program how to do that. But but the state is working in that field. I think probably those kids are just lucky <laughs> uh, because they, you know as they are born with a smartphone and they they are used to it they understand that it's not some something just you know to work and and to uh, look at tiktok videos but also it's just a tool that they are born with they live with it they work uh, study with it of course there are some bigger risks associated with it but but still it's an, really a na natural native thing for them. And I think, you know, people are, people are adapting quickly. And uh, this is the part of evolution that we are now seeing and experiencing. Uh, it's always nice when we end these discussions about uh, you know heavy and, and tragic topics on a high note. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll stop you there. Uh, thank you so much for for dropping by. Um, good luck on your on your endeavors. I'm very interesting to hear interested to to hear what what your uh, project will will result in uh, educating the educators basically. And uh, yeah, best of luck and we'll keep in touch. Thanks for dropping by.